Hello, this is Jonathan with Limitless Mindset. This is my book review of You Are the Placebo by Dr. Joe Dispenza. And this is a exciting book about how to harness the power of the placebo. Funny enough, I'm recording and producing and syndicating this on Cyber Monday, on this most egregious of consumer holidays. And today I'm sharing with you a really powerful biohack for healing and empowerment that is totally free. So I'm trying to buck the consumeristic trend a bit here. You're going to want to share this podcast or share the article that is linked below wherever you are listening to this, as this is really positive, transformative knowledge that a whole lot of more people I'd love to find out about the power of the placebo. So please do hit the thumbs up button or the share or the like button or whatever whatever this may be, or more importantly, Share this with somebody who is important to you that is suffering, who this information could really help them. So the placebo effect is one of the most reliable things in science. So much so that every good human clinical trial accounts for it. Belief has power, clearly. And this book delves into how to yield it without invoking too much pseudo-spiritual silliness. You've probably heard all your life that belief and consciousness have power. Power to transform your life, to determine your future, to heal your body, and to change the world around you. This book better than any other I've read, breaks down why and how that works without delving into a lot of pseudoscientific nonsense. The placebo effect is the healing power of belief. Quote, how people can take a sugar pill or get a saline injection and then their belief in something outside of themselves makes them get better. And the flip side of the placebo effect is the nocebo effect. Quote, a harmless substance that thanks to strong expectations causes harmful effects. Nocebo is Latin for I shall harm as opposed to I shall please. The Latin translation of placebo. Referring to an inert substance that causes a harmful effect simply because someone believes or expects it will harm her. This book thoroughly documents a number of fantastic cases of the placebo effect working, and I do urge you to read this book. It's a a entertaining, it's it's one of these uh, science and health books that I actually enjoyed reading, and you really will be impressed with all the examples and the evidence that they give for the placebo effect. It starts with the author's own story. His back was badly broken 
as a young man when a car hit him while he was cycling. He was told by doctors that he would never walk again unless he received invasive surgery. Instead, he chose to heal himself with the power of the mind. He went home, spent hours daily meditating and visualizing his body healing, and amazingly, in 12 weeks, his severe back injury was totally healed, and he was back to lifting weights, actually. They discuss a 2002 trial of 180 patients, and that's statistically very significant. And some received sham placebo surgery. And amazingly, their knees healed themselves. Their pain went away and the patients could walk again. Neither of the two groups who actually had the surgery improved any more than the patients who received the placebo surgery. And this held true even after two years. Fake heart surgery is similarly effective. 67% of the patients who had received the actual surgery felt less pain and needed less medication, while 83% of those who had received the sham surgery enjoyed the same level of improvement. The placebo surgery actually worked better than the real surgery. A Harvard study of elderly men who were placed in an environment for several days that was meticulously and convincingly designed to feel like it was from 22 years earlier. And the men's biological aging markers then measured a positive regression towards a more youthful state. They felt and acted younger, and amazingly, various symptoms of aging disappeared in just a few days. A wheelchair-bound woman suffering from crippling multiple sclerosis who healed herself and reversed her condition just by the power of meditation. And they give some examples of people who died of cancer that upon autopsy didn't actually have cancer. They were just misdiagnosed, which really makes you think that you should get a second, third, fourth opinion if a doctor ever tells you that you have cancer. The power of the placebo is well documented in this book and the scientific literature referenced. In your own experience uh, or that of those close to you, you can probably come up with examples of the placebo effect working. The placebo effect is so common that over 120,000 published clinical trials mention it prominently. It's a universal factor in our health. Don't underestimate how associative neurobiology is. Quote, an associative memory elicits a subconscious program that makes a connection between the pill or injection and the hormonal change in the body. And then the program automatically signals the body to make the related chemical found in the drug. Isn't that amazing? Since most of the placebo studies 
show that a single thought could activate the body's autonomic nervous system and produce significant physiological changes. Then you're regulating your internal world by simply associating a thought with an emotion. In my video on oxytocin, I delve into how oxytocin release creates patterns in our behavior, particularly in our love lives. Funnily, as a young man, as a very young man, I went through a phase of dating black women. I just found them very sexy. When I think back on this, I think it's due to a scene in the uh, film adaptation, 1996 film adaptation, I think, of the Odyssey that I found very arousing, where a young Vanessa Williams playing the goddess Calypso seduces Odysseus. And I watched this a number of times back when I was like 15 years old. And I remember I just found her very, very sexy in that film. You might want to go check it out. And then I had some dating behaviors that reflected that later on. Funny, funny how that works, isn't it? Placebos outperform antidepressants. Quote, in researching a 1998 meta-analysis of published studies on antidepressant drugs, psychologist Irving Kirsch, a PhD then at the University of Connecticut, was shocked to find that in 19 randomized double-blind clinical trials involving more than 2,300 patients, most of the improvement was due not to the antidepressant medications, but to the placebo. The trials provided stunning proof that thinking that you can get better from depression can actually heal depression just as well as taking a drug. So yet more proof that mainstream pharmaceuticals are fucking useless. The more I learn about pharmaceuticals the, and about that whole industry, the more I believe it's a truly evil industry with the goal of destroying humanity. Libertarians, I know there's a lot of libertarians out there. Listen up, guys. Libertarians are quick to defend these psychopathic corporate citizens saying, well, it's just the bad incentives and the regulations that encourage bad corporate behavior. As I learn more and more about the history of Big Pharma, I believe more and more that they truly have malicious intent. Let's talk about the power of optimism. Quote, so the optimists were more likely to respond positively to a suggestion that something would make them feel better because they were primed to hope for the best future scenario. And the pessimists were more likely to respond negatively to a suggestion that something would make them feel worse because they consciously or unconsciously expected the worst potential outcome. The placebo effect works a lot better when you're optimistic and really hopeful that a pill or potion will work. 
In some of the most fantastic cases where snake-handling evangelical Christians are bitten by poisonous snakes or young men swallow broken glass in tribal rituals, they have absolute belief in a higher spiritual power protecting their bodies from things that should kill them. And it works. The more you know, the more it works. The more you believe that a particular substance, procedure, or surgery will work because you've been educated about its benefits, the better your chances of responding to the thought of improving your health and getting better. And this is why I do such exhaustive content about biohacking and nootropics. I could produce shorter, snappier videos that just pitch nootropics with persuasive ad copy. But I do exhaustive content that builds an airtight, logical, emotional case. Why the racetams, for example, will really help people because I want to fully unleash the power of the placebo. In clinical studies, you'll often see that the placebo is about 50% as effective as the nootropic being studied. This means that if you're optimistic and hopeful about a given nootropic, it will likely work about 50% better. And that might lead you to think, well, couldn't I save myself a lot of money by just taking a placebo and really believing in it? Well, you're a rational creature. If you know you're consuming a placebo, it probably won't work great. This book actually gave me a uh, ethically questionable idea for a multi-level marketing company that would explicitly sell placebos, at least partially. Customers would pay full price for the very best quality, most proven brain health supplements. But the customer agreement and marketing would make it clear that they had a 50% chance of just receiving in the mail very convincingly packaged placebo pills. If the placebos or the actual supplements didn't work, the customers could, of course, just take advantage of a money-back guarantee. But 50 to 70% of the time, the placebo effect would be well worth the money and the profits could be shared with the MLM upline. Come to think of it, this is probably what a lot of MLM health companies are doing secretly. Like myself, especially if you're listening to this sort of podcast, you're probably a skeptical, highly rational type of person. And the research does show that highly rational people, the placebo effect doesn't work as well on them. That's kind of what you would expect, right? But the good news is that faith and rationality are not directly opposed to each other. You can get the placebo effect working for you by giving yourself rational reasons why it would work for you. And that's precisely what I'm doing with this podcast. That's what this book 
breaks down. There's probably people out there that don't need to read this book because they are a bit more suggestible because they are people that uh, perhaps they have naturally just a bit more of kind of an optimistic uh, worldview. They naturally just have a bit more faith in things out there. And they might not need to delve into studies, delve into research. They might not need to read pages and pages of anecdotes that are backing up what they're going to be experimenting with. But if you're like me, if you're a real skeptical person, if you're the kind of person that you hear a fantastic claim and then you say, okay, I need to go and look at all the studies that are justifying this. And then after reading those studies, I need to go out there and find a statistically significant abundance of anecdotes that are backing up some some claim that uh, stretches credulity a bit. If you're that kind of person, you can get the placebo effect working for you as long as you do your research, as long as that's why you would want to read this sort of book. And again, that's why I go and make this logical, emotional, airtight case when I am putting these supplements out there and recommending that. And the good news, as the book's title states, is that you are the placebo. You can heal yourself with thought alone using a specific mindfulness meditation protocol that I'll explain in just a little while. Let's talk about cycles of negative thought, which cause disease. One of the points that the book drives home is that our minds and bodies often get stuck in this feedback loop. Our thoughts are negative and pessimistic, so our bodies produce a lot of stress hormones, which result in more negativity, and after years or decades of this, it manifests in chronic disease. Quote, Considering that the latest scientific research in psychology estimates that about 70% of our thoughts are negative and redundant, the number of unconsciously created nocebo, again, nocebo is to do harm, nocebo-like illnesses might be impressive indeed, certainly much higher than we realize. The body is the mind. In my philosophical work, I've explained that mitochondria are to genes what free will is to predetermination, and that we humans are gifted with free will, but few of us actually exercise it. A point further underlined by this unconscious feedback loop between the body's stress response and our impulsive thoughts and emotions. Quote, because feelings are the modus operandi of the body, the emotions you continually feel based on your automatic thinking will condition the body to memorize those emotions that are equal to the unconscious hardwired mind and brain. That means that the unconscious mind isn't really in charge. The body has subconsciously been programmed and conditioned in a very real way to become its own mind. Let's talk about visualization from the book. The key is making your inner thoughts more real than the outer environment because then the brain won't know the difference between the two 
and will change to look as if the event has taken place. So you want to spend some time daily, ideally as you're going to sleep or as you're waking up in bed, future casting a mental rehearsal of the future you want. The technique is basically closing your eyes and repeatedly imagining performing an action and mentally reviewing the future you want, all all while reminding yourself of who you no longer want to be, the old self, and who you want to be. This process involves thinking about your future actions, mentally planning your choices, and focusing your mind on a new experience. I had read these sections before going to bed. As I was in bed, in that in-between world before drifting off to sleep, I thought to myself, how can I think differently at this moment? What do I usually think about as I'm falling asleep? Typically, it's what I'm going to do the next day, how this day went, worrying about bills or some responsibility I have. I'm thinking about the good food or sex or entertainment I enjoyed this day. I'm being thankful for my wife laying next to me. I'm mulling over something intellectually stimulating that I read in a book or heard in a podcast that day. And sometimes I'll reminiscently meander through my memories of the past. What I don't often do is visualize myself accomplishing my goals. So I imagined myself moving into a nice new home with my wife, one of our goals. I imagined the items our new home would need collected in moving boxes. I imagined us waking up in our current apartment with a sense of excitement and optimism about the move. I imagined us loading the boxes of stuff up in a truck, parking in front of our new place and unloading things. I imagined riding up the elevator to our new place, unlocking the door and the sun shining through the windows of our new home. I imagined the kitchen where we would prepare our meals, the patio where we'd enjoy the weather, the living room where we'd relax, the home office where I'd work, and the bedroom where we would sleep. I imagined us unpacking and arranging our stuff around our new place. I imagined us finally going to bed at night in our new place, feeling accomplished and making love. As I visualized this day, I focused on the feelings I'd have this day. After that, as I was drifting off to sleep, my mind seemed to reward me for my novel visualization with a mild DMT trip. In the blackness in the back of my eyelids, a cool-looking wormhole-like point of light appeared. It moved towards me for a few moments and then faded out. After that, for about 10 minutes, a dulled color show was put on with emerging silhouettes of geometric shapes as I drifted off to sleep. 
This doesn't always happen to me as I'm falling asleep. So I took this mini hallucination as a sign that my mind was responding to and stimulated by my future casting thought. I'll keep that up as a uh, nighttime ritual. So you might be wondering, how much of the stuff in this book is like really woo-woo, kind of silly stuff? Around the internet, you can find this book being criticized for being too woo-woo and pseudo-spiritual. With the exception of one chapter, I didn't find it too woo-woo. Much of the book is documenting empirical cases of the placebo effect working wonders and then giving cogent scientific materialist explanations as to why. However, the eighth chapter goes into the silly idea we've heard from woo-woo gurus and never quantum physicists that consciousness has a capacity to change the world outside our heads because of quantum physics. That consciousness connects to a quantum field, that all consciousness is one somehow, that by visualizing and manifesting a particular future that we desire, we employ the observer effect to bring that future about. The chapter doesn't include any footnotes to clinical trials or evidence that consciousness has a quantum component to it. I'm not a material, I'm not an atheist materialist. I believe in a spiritual dimension of the world, but I just don't see evidence to credit quantum physics for this wide domain of spiritual phenomena and experience. Furthermore, quantum physics is the physics of extremely small particles. Why would my consciousness hacking of the quantum domain deliver me something in the macro domain, like my dream home, my dream car, or heal my bad knee? It's only ever self-help gurus with books to sell that invoke this idea of quantum consciousness. I've watched a bunch of science documentaries, and quantum physicists never mention it. I'll also remind the quantum hopeful out there that quantum physics are theoretical physics. They are far from being proven science the way that gravitation or electromagnetism are. I also remain just a bit skeptical of something like quantum physics because the incentives in the current paradigm of science are so bad. If the government gives, say, $50 million to the scientists at CERN to find the quote-unquote God particle, are they going to not find it if it's really not there? I doubt it. For $50 million, they will find some way to find the God particle no matter what. This book makes strong enough empirical arguments for the power of focused attention and intention in sculpting our future and our health. 
I found the quantum physics stuff to just be a trivial flight of fantasy. Let's talk about something that isn't a flight of fantasy. The placebo effect is epigenetic function. Before reading this book, in the almost nine years that I've been studying applied neuroscience as a biohacker, I've wondered, what the heck is the deal with the placebo effect? Why do faith and belief heal us? Are we living in a simulation that we can hack by just really believing in something fantastic? The book has an answer that would satisfy the staunchest materialist. The placebo effect is part of our epigenetic function. Our bodies have a fantastic capacity to fix themselves when the right genes get turned on at the right time. From the book, the word epigenetics literally means above the gene. It refers to the control of genes, not from within the DNA itself, but from messages coming from outside the cell. In other words, from the environment. Behavioral state-dependent genes are activated during periods of high emotional arousal, stress, or different levels of awareness, including dreaming. They provide a link between our thoughts and our bodies. That is, they're the mind-body connection. These genes offer an understanding of how we can influence our health in states of mind and body that promote well-being, physical resilience, and healing. As Ernest Rosie, PhD, writes in the Psychobiology of Gene Expression, our subjective states of mind, consciously motivated behavior, and our perception of free will can modulate gene expression to optimize health. Meditation is a key piece to the puzzle of biohacking epigenetic function. From the book, the second study conducted in 2013 found that eliciting the relaxation response produces changes in gene expression after just one session of meditation among both novices and experienced practitioners alike, with the long-term practitioners, not surprisingly, deriving more benefit. Genes that were upregulated included those involved in immune function, energy metabolism, and insulin secretion, while genes that were downregulated included those linked to inflammation and stress. Now you can understand that whether it's joyful or stressful, with every thought you think, every emotion you feel, and every event you experience, you're acting as an epigenetic engineer of your own cells. Are there any supplements that you could take that would make the placebo effect, that would make the power of belief even, even more powerful, even more potent? I think there is. While I was reading this book, I was researching and writing a couple of different articles that I'd urge you to read on the game-changing anti-aging supplement nicotinamide 
mononucleotide, or NMN for short. This is a bioavailable precursor to the NAD plus molecule. And NMN is a sirtuin biohack. Sirtuins are genetic switches. They are chemical switches that turn on and off the genes that control metabolism, stress response, susceptibility to chronic disease, immunity, our reproductive impulses, and much more. NAD plays a crucial role in these switches working. Without sufficient NAD, your genes get stuck, turned on, or off. And I'll quote from a study here. The NAD findings tie into the ongoing story about enzymes called sirtuins, which Guarente, Sinclair, and other researchers have implicated as key players in conferring the longevity and health benefits of calorie restriction. A slew of other health benefits have been attributed to CERT-1 activation in hundreds of studies, including several small human trials. One of the major causes of aging is that our genes get stuck, turned on, or off. And NMN is recognized by the top anti-aging researchers in the world as an epigenetic hack that empowers our sirtuins to switch on or off. Thus, it stands to reason that the placebo effect would be all the more potent if you've been using NMN. If you're a rational materialist, I don't blame you for being skeptical of the healing power of belief as it's always, almost always been described in silly metaphysical terms. But considering the emerging science of epigenetics and the very strong connection that's demonstrated in the scientific literature to the NAD molecule... I would urge you to take its precursor, which is NMN, and I'd urge you to really believe in it. There's excellent evidence for that, and the power of belief may take this anti-aging tool and really make it something astounding. So do check out my articles on NMN. One thing I liked about the book is that it had quite a few helpful diagrams that break down all the concepts visually, because some of the concepts in it are, you know, some of them are, are more or less mind-blowing, and uh, it, it helps to have these visuals of them. So go check out those photos if you're just listening to this as a podcast. Let's talk about the meditation protocol for unleashing the placebo within. The book makes a bold claim you can heal almost anything with the power of belief. Unsurprisingly, the way to do this is with meditation. He presents ample anecdotal evidence that this 45 to 60 minute meditation process can profoundly change the body. Step one, body scan. Moving your awareness around to different parts of the body, sensing their volume and energy. 
Step two, spatial awareness, sensing your physical place in space, in the room where you're meditating. Universal awareness, imagining all space in the universe. Step four, ego death, clearing your mind of your identity and imagining imagining yourself as a wave in the infinite field of quantum possibility. Step five, abandoning a limiting belief. Before the meditation, you should pick a limiting belief, like, I'm not smart enough, I'm ugly, my health problem holds me back, I have bad knees, I have some chronic disease, etc. Pick a belief like that to let go. And step six is make an emotionally charged decision. Choose to let go of the past. Make a decision to adopt a new positive replacement belief. Something like, I'm smart, people love me, I'm in great health, I've overcame my chronic disease, etc. And feel strongly about it. Let the emotion change your body. And then finally, dwell in gratitude for your better future life. Imagine it as having come to pass. Gratitude signals your body to change. And on his website, he offers a guided MP3 meditation track for $6 that takes you through it. And I purchased that. I've made the time In the week, I finish the book to do the meditation daily. It certainly feels like it does something. It's given me an extra extra degree of confidence and optimism around my limiting belief that I picked. I'll continue with it and see what happens and report back. It is a pretty cool meditation track to listen to. I uh, think it was well worth the six bucks. Uh, and I, I paid for it specifically because usually I can't make the time to spend 45 minutes a day meditating. But I said, you know, hey, why don't I just, why don't I try to devote the time and see what happens? And if after a week or a month or whatever, it doesn't seem to do anything, then whatever. But spending the money on it, I have a bit of that sunk cost motivation that, uh, for example, this morning, it motivated me to wake up at the early hour of uh, 6.46 in the morning and do the meditation. And when he takes you to the step in the meditation where you are letting go of your old belief, you, you really do feel empowered at that moment. It's uh, It was a very cool sensation to have that sort of feeling of certainty wash over my body. So do read the book and pick up that meditation track. Now, uh, although I'm not personally a big fan of guided meditation tracks, because I find the guy talking in my ears a distraction from reaching deep meditation. And I anticipate that after I listen to it a few more times, I'll be able to go through the 45-minute meditation process without the 
Instructions. Uh, 45 minutes is kind of a lot of time to devote daily to meditation, but if it can heal almost any health problem or change your mindset powerfully, it's, well, worth it. Maybe you've tried these guided meditation tracks before and you thought, boy, I'd love to meditate, but it's just, I don't know, it's kind of distracting and annoying listening to this guy say woo-woo stuff to me while I'm laying down and you only need to use a meditation track maybe five, ten times, and then you'll kind of have your mind conditioned to go through the steps of the meditation that he's giving, and then you can do it yourself. And in my experience, you reach a whole lot deeper levels of meditation that way. So I rated this book four stars. I had to subtract a star for the woo-woo quantum physics stuff that may or may not be true. But I understand why he wrapped the message up in the language of this misunderstood field of quantum physics. Many people nowadays have more faith in science than they do in anything else, even though science is often wrong about a lot. You'll want to check out my documentary about the insidious problem of bad science. When he describes the the faith healing, that's what I'm going to call it, in terms of a scientific field that people have heard all sorts of fantastic things about, a lot of people that are more skeptical, more rational, are going to give it a try. And I think that's fine. As I go through the visualization exercises, as I go through his meditation daily, I accept the quantum physics language because that's what's worked for everyone else. So, hey, why mess with what works, right? In conclusion, with science and the costly mainstream medical approach often doing more harm than good to our health, why not put your skepticism aside for just a little while and try Dr. Dispenza's approach to harnessing the power of the placebo within. And that's my book review of the of You Are the Placebo by Dr. Joe Dispenza. I'd love for you to drop me a comment or shoot me a message on social media and just let me know if you have had any interesting anecdotal experiences with the placebo. Uh, That would be fascinating to me. Anyways, I hope that you're having a good Cyber Monday out there. I hope that you're not uh, spending too much money impulsively before you unleash the power of your own mind. Thanks again for listening. I'm Jonathan with Limitless Mindset, and I look forward to a continued conversation with you. Legal notices. If you or someone you know developed or created a concept, piece of content, or idea shared on this show, please email us at info at limitlessmindset.com so we can mention them in the show notes or provide a backlink. We want to give credit where credit is due. As a listener to the Limitless Mindset podcast, we hope you have 
and practice common sense. However, since some of the content covered in this show deals with subjects of a health, legal, or business nature, this show is for entertainment purposes. If you need recommendations of doctors, nutritionists, or attorneys to consult before making decisions that may have health or legal repercussions, please email us at info at limitlessmindset.com.